Hello, everybody. This is Jonetta, and they did not get the memo. Now, I'm watching um, a documentary, and the caption here is called, uh, that's not the name of the documentary. This was a uh, tour given by uh, a gentleman uh, with a, a lot of families, some from Chicago, some from Florida, some from New Jersey, some from New York, some from Ohio's, all over the United States, Los Angeles. And he pulled together this um, journey to Africa. And uh, let's see, it says, Inside the Death Room of the Elmina Slave Castle. And uh, Elmina is spelled E-L-M-I-N-A, Slave Castle. And by no means was it a castle in the traditional sense. It was the holding um, place for slaves uh, or African people to make them slaves. Um, there was two areas, one for the males and one for the females. We were told that that was the, there's a plaque over the door and um, it says, this is the door of no return. And once you went out that door as a slave, well, you were a slave because they had the shackles around the neck, iron shackles around the neck and around the wrist and around the ankles. You were not going anywhere and that metal probably cut into your skin. And um, they, were, they were describing that in this death room of the Elmina slave castle, they had one for the males, one for the female. Uh, a lot of things were going on. And they said to the day, to this day, uh, even Isaac Hayes was a speaker um, on this uh, documentary. And uh, he said, uh, uh, look at the dirt and, the, you know, the, the dark dirt and uh, the person who explained the area where they held the slaves, you know, describe it to the tourist, um, said that's not a dirt. Um, imagine a place people packed in. Imagine uh, smelling feces, urine, vomit, menstruation, all of that over the hundreds of years is still in that room, in the fabric of the floors and the walls. And um, one of the speakers said that, um, uh, that uh, don't think that the slaves weren't trying to get out of those chains and they were rubbing them and rubbing them, trying to squeeze their hands out so they could escape. 
and they said, don't think that um, while they were doing that, they were rubbing the skin off of them. And part of the fabric that's on the floor and the walls that they were seeing and smelling and experiencing from revisiting the holding place for slaves, um, that also was in the fabric of the floor and the walls. Um, this, hold on. This is at the ending of the documentary. And please forgive me for this audio. I haven't figured out how to give you quality audio yet. But um, please make an effort, whoever is in the sound of my voice, to listen to what this man is saying to the male and the female of the descendants of Africa. Our ancestors here specialized in putting people in small spaces. The specialty was sophisticated to the point that the entire prison system is still based on these concepts of what happens to people mentally when you put them in small spaces over a prolonged period of time. It breaks them down, it changes them, it turns them into something different than what they were when they went in there at first. And to think that you can you can enslave a person from a physical standpoint just like that, because all you have to do is overpower them. Throw them in some chains, lock them away, whip them, do whatever you need to do in order to force them to do what you want them to do. But they'll never necessarily be slaves to you mentally until you take some time to introduce that aspect uh, about things. So time uh, is something that was used to psychologically damage us so that those physical chains and so forth and the whips and so forth that we know of could be removed. Africans who were in the transatlantic slave trade were in bondage, but they refused to be slaves. Before I'd be a slave. Okay. Okay, excuse me for a minute. They have to earn their money too, so here's a commercial. But um, that's not so much what I wanted you to hear as to this speech, the closing credits. So hold on, bear with me for a minute. Okay, I can't audio this just right, so here it is. Now what I'd like to say for the young man, next to the black female, you are the most powerful and the most feared thing on this planet. And it's for that reason that opportunities are taken away from you strategically. It's for that reason that you're identified as special education children. For that reason that scholarships are not available. It's for that reason that job opportunities are not available. It's for that reason that the people in power take your creative energy and turn it into something ugly and then make money and then blame you. 
because everybody that's in control fears what would happen if you wake up. Because if you can get yourselves together and you can realize how you're supposed to relate to black women, all the problems that we have will be solved in a relatively short period of time. Now, we've been here less than three minutes. We are already uncomfortable. I want to play something for you because there must be something about us that we don't know. There's the people that know and the people that don't know. There's things about ourselves that we don't know because if we knew them, we would act different. If we knew them, we would solve things that we just let go now. If we knew certain things about ourselves, there's things that we would do that we don't do now. And I believe it's only because we're unaware of the fact that we could do something. So I want you to listen to this, and then we got one other thing to do, and it's not going to be bad. You're doing great. Your ancestors would be proud. <laughs> Jeremiah Wright speaking, and it was uh, it was a speech called um, "What Makes You So Strong, Black People." And then he was in the speech. He was just going through the the various things we've been through and how we had still managed to survive after all these horrible things that had been done to us. How uh, we were we were so strong, and he was kind of like asking, "What makes us so strong? What 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 makes us so able to endure through all the things that have been placed before us?" And so all of a sudden you hear this voice that says, what makes you so strong, black man? What makes you so strong, black man? How is it that 370 years of slavery, segregation, racism, Jim Crow laws, and second-class citizenship cannot wipe out the memory of Imhotep, Aesop, Akhenaten, and Tutmosis II? What makes you so strong, black man? You've been castrated and miseducated, and yet you can still produce a Malcolm X and a Thurgood Marshall. What makes you so strong? And he goes through this litany of, of naming all the things that we've been through as a people, and then naming those of our ancestors and contemporaries who were able to somehow overcome what we went through. So Jeremiah Wright's tape talks about all of the strength that's in black people everywhere you look is a reminder that that same strength is in them. You break out on a W.E.B. Du Bois and a Booker T. Washington. Then he gets to the woman. And what makes you so strong, black woman? And what makes you so strong, black woman? How could you produce a queen, Hatshepsut, whose reign was one of the most outstanding in the 18th dynasty of Egypt? 1,500 years before Jesus was born. You know, after you have been, been raped and tortured, what allows you to create, you know, an, an Oprah Winfrey and a Mae Jemison and a Mary McLeod Bethune? It, it was such a powerful message, and it, it really brought the spirit of what we were experiencing there. To understand that we are, yes, we are physical, yes, we are mental, but we have a spiritual source that gives us our strength to help us to hold on in incredibly 
oppressive situations and to come out victorious, not just surviving but thriving. I believe that everybody was certain. Okay. I um, didn't end that because I didn't know they were going to go any further. I've been watching this for the last, I guess, two hours. Excuse me. I kind of hurt today. But anyway, um, that message was real powerful. You know, a lot of young African-American males need to hear that message so they would uh, think twice before falling into traps that um, can destroy their ability to um, function as a normal family, you know, in our community. Anyway, I digress. Uh, uh, anyway, I, I, I don't know what to say because um, the coughing that you heard when he was making his speech, well, all the uh, people who went on that trip, which were all shades of black people, some looked white, but they were black. And um, they were going there to see where their ancestors had the last place they were before they left the continent of Africa. (laughs) And like the little girl that you heard her voice, in the end, I didn't give you a chance to hear anything she had to say. She's very intelligent. She can't be no older than 16, 15, if that. Anyway, the point is, um, oh my God, I lost my train of thought. But anyway, I'm going I'm to digress on this. I, I want to preview this and see if uh, I think it's appropriate and if someone could learn something from it. Okay? All right. You guys have a good afternoon. God bless you. I love you. Ain't nothing you could do about it. All right, wear your mask, wash your hands often, and practice social distance. And at the advice of your doctor, get your vaccination. Okay, bye babies. I want to add one more thing. The name of the documentary was Journey Through the Door of No Return. A people enslaved and um, it was made in 2014 rated G so if you can get a copy of it it's pretty interesting you know I just got finished watching before then uh, the uh, great-grandchildren of uh, the people responsible for the uh, horror that the Jews went through. So I'm kind of informed, well informed. Anyway, uh, I'll talk to you later. God bless you again. And uh, have a good day. Bye.